Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Well, I'd like to use my platform today to take the spotlight away from all the the young athletes entering the NFL from the NFL draft and announce that I am going to sign a contract with the Baltimore Ravens uh, and become one of their uh, wide receivers. Did you hack Antonio Brown's social media? Apparently, if you just say stuff (laughs) on your own platforms, it's automatically true. (laughs) Like, I just... That that guy will always be my nemesis. Yeah, I mean, and I think before you can just declare that you're going to join them, like you you got to go back and do some stuff. Like you got to dance off a field shirtless. You have to get into a standoff with the police. You need to alienate all of your former friends and teammates, uh, and then then you can announce on social media that you're going to sign with a new team well i gotta tell you check check and double check (laughs) (laughs) i've led an interesting life um the best part is when so someone i can't remember some some somewhat reputable platform like posted about it and wrote under no official sources have confirmed this, <laughs> which I thought was yeah. the funniest thing to be like Antonio Brown announcing that he's signed somewhere. No one's confirming it. The Ravens have said nothing. It's obviously not true. You wouldn't believe it anyway because it's Antonio Brown. Like, why would you believe him? And it just makes me laugh because wow, the mighty has fallen. Like, there was a time when he was. Like every year, top five receiver. He yeah. was at the top of his game. And the year he was having a bounce back year in like in the the whatever it was a couple of years ago, um, with with the, the Bucks. Like he was having a great bounce back to his career, and it all um just went away and we'll never know we'll never know the full story. We'll just never know. It, all we do know is you won that year, and I'm going to blame Antonio Brown for the rest yeah. of my life. That's fair. Yeah. He <laughs> he did sabotage your <laughs> I would have beat you that, that year. Like, like this past so. year, you were a little further apart. I was I, – I think I think if Antonio Brown had had the type of game that he was about to, he had caught a touchdown in the first five minutes of the game, he was probably going to have another 30-point game, I would have beat you. Maybe. I really think that would happen. But but he danced off the field, and I'm watching the game, and I get a text from you being like, what is going on? Like, I think you switched over from another game. And no, like, it was, what is happening? I was, <laughs> I was watching uh, the Browns game, I believe. And the then, Browns like, game, okay. like, you know how, like, if something, like, really, like, dramatic or, like, exciting happens up, they'll, like, sometimes, like, open up, like, a second screen in the corner yes. of the screen. It'd be like, oh, yeah. oh, like, look at this highlight or something. And it was just him jogging off the field shirtless. <laughs> oh, okay. so was, and, I, and I immediately recognized, or the announcers were talking about his name. And I was like, oh, what happened? Like, did he get injured or something? Like, a concussion? And so I switched over. And then, obviously, they were going into it in more depth. And I was like, oh, my God. 
<laughs> Mike is gonna lose it, and then immediately <laughs> yeah. I texted you, and I was I was losing it, losing it. <laughs> I just so, I I'm so angry. I just he, he makes me so angry because I can't I can't be mad at what happened this year because it was such a like awful accident that yeah. it, I, it I I actually like honestly feel no anger. I, so I focus all on Antonio Brown because two years in a row, this happens to me where just yep. the most ridiculous never happened before in the NFL happens. And I'm just like, if it happens again this year, I'm quitting because then there's something <laughs> horrifically wrong with me. Everything I touch turns to dust. <laughs> oh, man. So with all that in mind, if Antonio Brown makes an NFL re-return, will you draft him? No, absolutely not. No, 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 no. I I will draft a New York Jet this year before I will draft Antonio Brown. What would it take for him to end up on your roster? What would it take? Yeah. Um, I honestly can't see a scenario because I I would not trust him. (laughs) I would not. Like, this is what it would take. This is what it would take. A waiver pickup. Late in the season, because not only are every one of my receivers hurt, but I I can't even find like a former another former star who like you know like a Randall Cobb or or a Boyd or like a third like a number three receiver. I can't even find them. Like everyone's hurt. Everyone I touch is hurt. There's no one available, and he's the only one. And it's between it's between adding him or not having a roster for like the final game of the year. And I still might not add him <laughs> like that. would You'd, that you'd would just ride it, with the empty spot. I would just ride with the empty spot. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to hope that everyone else can do something because you cannot put your faith in, in him. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he, he's burned me because, and again, two reasons. One this year, I don't feel as bad because what happened was a freak accident. And I'm honestly just thankful the player's okay. But I also probably still wouldn't have beat you. Like, even it, my two receivers who were in that Bills Bengals game would have to have had incredible games, like 30 plus, which, th- th- hey, they're capable of. Both of them had scored at, at one other point in the season enough points for me to beat you. But, like, that's that was like a longer shot. Yeah. I was neck and neck with you. And Antonio Brown having like a twenty point game, which had happened multiple times during the year, and every time it had happened, like you're you're a, you're a stats and pattern guy. Touchdown in the first five minutes, hit a first drive touchdown for Antonio Brown. Usually meant he was scoring two two or three touchdowns, and he'd have twenty five to thirty points that season. He was having a great year. Like sometimes he would have five points, but other weeks he'd have thirty. And if he had done that, I would have statistically beat you. So he has forever ruined himself. I will draft Aaron Rodgers before. I will go full nipples out and just, I will take my shirt off during the draft and rub my nipples before I will take Antonio Brown. Just so you know, if you do that, I will hurt you. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you know who's in my pool. I'm not going to do that. Right? Like, you know who's in my league. I'm not... I'm not going to do that, but I, but that shows like, I'm not going to do that. So I would never take Antonio Brown. Never, ever, ever, ever. Fair enough. Well, I'm glad you brought up Randall Cobb recently signed to the Jets. Randall Cobb. Didn't a fan uh, say that a fan previewed this. 
Yeah. Well, last week we had the question, you know, do what do we think about him and the rumors going around that he was or the Jets were looking at him and we'd established at that point in time. It was just him kind of being like, hey, it was, can you just sign it, was me? An, it was an Antonio Brown situation. <laughs> it was an Antonio Brown situation, yeah. <laughs> Randall Cobb had said, I want to sign with you. Please sign me. <laughs> yeah, well, it turns out Nipples and the Jets were listening because they did sign him to a one-year deal. So maybe that's where Antonio Brown got his inspiration from. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Um, <laughs> and it, I mean, well, I mean, with Odell Beckham Jr. and then them announcing they signed Lamar Jackson the day of the draft, just to take more uh, attention away from the kids. <laughs> I, think <he laughs> yeah. just, I think he just tried to jump in. Like he was trolling them. Like he tried to jump in there. But it was just, yeah, the timing of that was just, was was a little funny. Um, but yeah, so Randall Cobb becoming a Jet. So, okay. I just want everyone to calm down for a second. Randall Cobb, at best, is a, is a what? Like a, a good third down receiver because you can trust him. But like, isn't he kind of like a Tyler boy? Didn't we have this conversation where we thought like, Oh, like he's kind of like that. He's a, he, he would be number three on this team without a doubt. Yeah. I would put him behind Garrett Wilson, obviously. And also Alan Lazard. Okay. Um, and where, like, I just think he's not ever like ever. I see everywhere. Oh, it's going to be another, Brady Bucks type of situation. So far, the two players that they've added who come from the Green Bay Packers who are not doing well, I don't think that that constitutes anything. Like, there's no Ron Gronkowski coming. There's no um, uh, Leonard Fournette type yet. Or they've added a couple other players to their offense too. And they had already had like two de- decent receivers. So they were like loading up Antonio Brown <laughs> who ended up going there eventually. So I just think that this, this is fine and it's another weapon, but I still think everyone's assuming that this is going to be an amazing year for Aaron Rodgers, And I, I don't see it yet. I think he'd be okay. I think he'll be all right. Middle of the pack. R- Rogers or Cobb? Rodgers. I don't think Cobb hasn't broken 100 fantasy points in like the past three or four seasons he's played. Wait, you're uh, kidding, uh, right? Really? No. No. The wow. last time he broke 100 fantasy points in half point PPR was back in 2019. Oh. Okay. Back when he was on Dallas. So are you okay? So I know we're going to do this later in the summer. We're, we're going to break down teams and we're going to talk about play. But like, where are you drafting Randall Cobb if he's available late, or or is he a waiver no. wire pickup for you? No, he would be like a waiver wire, like bye week or like crazy injury, just need to right. plug a player in kind of a thing. No, I think there's right. probably better options you can find later in the draft um, th- than Randall Cobb. I mean, Randall Cobb's up there in years. You could probably find a rookie or like a first or, sec- or second or third year kind of guy rather than a 32-year-old receiver. <laughs> or someone on a team where you know the offense is going to be pretty solid, even if they spread the ball around. Like you could you could probably grab a chief. For yeah, grab, <laughs> grab one of the depth chiefs receivers. Yeah, yeah, more so than you would Randall Cobb. See, I agree with you. And I'm, again, I'm not like Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard. Probably draftable receivers, and I'm sure 
Rogers, even if he had, like has an okay season, I'm sure they'll they'll get points for them. I and I agree with what you just said. He'll he'll be okay. Like he'll be middle of the road. I think last week you were like maybe around receiver twelve by the end of the year because that was around what he was. This like you just don't see a huge quarterback twelve. Court sorry quarterback twelve. Sorry quarterback yeah. twelve. Um. <laughs> So, if Aaron Rodgers is the number twelve receiver on the year, you <laughs> you need to you need to get a tattoo of him on your body. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. No, I've never gotten a tattoo in my life, and the first tattoo I get will not be of Aaron Rodgers. If he's um, wide receiver twelve, it, yes, it will be. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> only because that's impossible. Sure, um, <laughs> because that would be ridiculous. Um, but basically, I just. I, I think there, the buzz I'm hearing out there is that the the Jets are suddenly a Super Bowl contender and that Aaron Rodgers is going to be the MVP. And I think he's committed to one year, probably just to see how this year goes. He hasn't committed beyond that. So I think the Jets might be a playoff team. They'd be in that conversation, but I don't think they go much further than that. I just think the division's too strong. Like I, I, like Aaron Rodgers is not the best quarterback in his own division, let alone the rest of the, of the conference that has Mahomes and Burrow in it too. So I just think that like, I think the hype's a little bit, a little bit too much. Oh yeah, they're they are not a Super Bowl contender. Uh, definitely a playoff contender. They almost made the playoffs this past year, I believe. Um, until like, things kind of went sideways towards the end. Um, I, th- I think they could probably make their way into the playoffs, assuming things don't go off the rails the way it did with like Russell Wilson and Denver. Right. Yes. But, yes. That, which is always a risk. But I, again, as much as I don't like Aaron Rodgers as a human being, I think that as a football player, he's over his prime, but he's still better than Russell Wilson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. Well, I want to circle back to the Lamar Jackson news because we kind of just glossed over that. So Lamar Jackson finally got the deal done. Five-year, $260 million deal with $185 million guaranteed. So he has now usurped Jalen Hurts as the uh, highest-paid NFL player. Uh, So I'm sure he's happy. The Ravens are happy. We can be happy for fantasy. Uh, That solves a lot of question marks that we had going into the season, especially around like OBJ and Mark Andrews. Um, I'll be interested to see, you know, what does he look like this year, you know, because I think if he comes out this year and he has a bad year, a lot of people are going to start questioning, oh, should we have given him that much money and that long of a deal? Um, If he comes out and he hits the road the way that he did in his first year in the NFL and is his MVP year, then everyone's going to say, finally, like, what took you guys so long? Like, why did we have to stress about this for months? This is our guy. Um, oh, so a, doubt. a bit of pressure on Lamar Jackson for this upcoming season, but I think he can, he'll be back to playing the way that we were used to seeing in fantasy and he'll be a very strong fantasy asset for your team. And assuming that they can continue to add pieces, like I, I, I think the Ravens, you know, it's, it's hard to tell exactly what their offense is going to look like at this point, but I know you know, we're going to talk about the draft later. I think they, they made some good draft decisions. Um, and if they can surround him with good weapons, I think you're going to see you're going to see a lot more of him. Even when the team is... Because the Ravens, sometimes they struggle or they're more like, you know, 
a bubble team fighting to try to get in the playoffs. His stat line's usually pretty good if he can stay healthy. So I think that, like, like you're saying, I like how you put that. Like, for fantasy, we can all just kind of, like, breathe a sigh of relief because we don't have this thing hanging over. It's like, okay, you know Lamar Jackson's in there. You know he's he's a really good quarterback option. And because, we'll talk about this more in the summer with draft strategy, but because he will not generally get the same attention, at least not in leagues that I've been in right now, as Allen and and Mahomes and maybe even Burrow, he's like a really good option that often falls into the four, five, six, seven quarterback range and can can really pay you dividends for you draft him. So I, th- I think that it's really good that he's going to play a full season. He's going to have a full off season. And we're not sitting here in August with him not being signed because that would have been a disaster for everybody. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Especially for Mark Andrews for his fantasy value, because we saw what he was, was like without Lamar Jackson and what he was like with him. And he is definitely worth the first round or, or second round draft pick with Lamar Jackson, not as much without him. Oh, so, without it, like Andrews, like, would you say, because I'm going to put you on the spot here, now that Jackson's back, who who's the number one tight end, Andrews or Kelsey? <sighs> I think I would go Kelsey, just because we haven't seen those off years from him yet. And we have unfortunately seen them with Andrews because of injuries and because of Lamar not being able to stay on the field. So I think the edge, I think it's very close, very, very close. And I think now that Lamar's back and especially if he can play a full year, they will both definitely like one and two and probably pretty close in fantasy finish. But I think the edge just goes to Kelsey because of the historical consistency. And for those exact reasons you gave, I picked Mark Andrews. (laughs) because this is the thing you're right kelsey hasn't had those off years yet okay they they just won their second super bowl no not in a row but they won their second super bowl i think he's due for like not an like okay what a bad year for travis kelsey is still probably like tight end two or three you know what i mean like not not away you know far and away the best one and i think because they get this full off season because this is lifted because all the mini camps that are going to be starting up you know throughout the early summer i think you're going to have like a renewed sense of energy and bringing in other receiver weapons can often help your tight end um with coverages and with doing different things so i personally think i would i would be leaning mark andrews right now and, and I agree with you. I think it's close. I think those two right now are like tier one. And then I honestly believe there's a drop. You're a big tier person. You like tiers now. Um, I do. I do like tiers. So I, like, I think the two of them are in a class of their own. And this, tr- this signing really increases his value. This signing makes me even think and start looking at the rest of the Ravens team, which we're going to eventually do. And like start breaking down like who would you pick and where and when? Because I think, I think Jackson with this new contract is going to come flying out of the gate and have a great season. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, hopefully he does. Uh, the chiefs are expected to resign Jarek McKinnon uh, running back and they've declined to pick up the fifth year option for Clyde Edwards, Alaire. So I think we kind of saw that, that coming with how the playoffs and the tail end of the season went. They're moving on from Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Isaiah Pacheco seems to be their guy. 
Uh, they didn't draft anybody really in the uh, in the NFL draft to change that. So I'm imagining that Clyde Edwards-Alaire will be looking for a new team come next season. Uh, the Bills signed running back Latavius Murray to a one-year deal just to make things even a bit more annoying and confusing for that backfield for fantasy this year. Yep. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins appears to be disputing that he wanted to leave Arizona as per his <laughs> Instagram account. Um, obviously he never went anywhere during the draft, even though there were a lot of strong indicators that he was going to be traded during it. I know. I think that was the most disappointing thing for me. Like I really thought that trade was going to go down. Well, I thought when the Cardinals made that first trade, I, I very much expected his name to be attached to it. Right. And was and I was surprised that he wasn't. Um, but I guess that's good for, well, not really, because we don't know when Kyler Murray's going to be back exactly. It'll be good when Kyler Murray's back for Hopkins value, but you're probably going to have a few weeks where he's playing with nobody at quarterback, and that could be very bad for him for fantasy. So something to keep in mind if you end up drafting him, or if you don't draft him, Maybe see if after a week or two of playing with non-Kyler Murray, you might be able to get a, a trade offer in there and steal him away on the cheap from a frustrated owner. Yeah, I know that will be my plan. Um, the Packers and Jordan Love agreed to a one-year contract extension worth $22.5 million with $13.5 million guaranteed. So I'm assuming it's just they're going to see what they have in Jordan Love. If it doesn't work, they're going to bail and probably draft somebody else next year if it works out. Then they'll keep them and they'll roll with it. Mm-hmm. Did you see? Because I'm, I'm sure we're not going to get to the later parts of the draft today or anything. But did you see? Like after you know, after the first round, the subsequent rounds, they kept drafting like receivers, tight ends, receivers. Oh yeah, everything that they would never <laughs> draft with with nipples there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. <laughs> I'm like, that's that's great. That's that's really hilarious. Well, I, I expected them to do that, like, in the first round with a pick. Just, dra- like, draft, be the first team to take a wide receiver off the board or something like that, just to say screw you to Rodgers, but they didn't. I think they, they had their eye on a player, or or at least with moving up, they thought, okay, we're in, like, a really good, because they moved up a couple slots, we're in a really good position. Like, let's take, you know, let's take a defensive player, let's take someone who can really help us next year and, like, step in right away. But yeah, I thought that was funny. Beyond that round, they were really heavy into those positions. Uh, and I'm going to uh, I'm going to toot my own horn here a little bit for uh, during my draft coverage on Twitter. If uh, thankfully you don't... this is only audio. <laughs> yeah. If uh, if you don't follow us on Twitter, uh, give us a follow at uh, Conquer Draft on Twitter. We're on social media: Instagram, Facebook. Love to engage with you. Love to get the uh, community support in there. And it's the easiest way to get a hold of us for any fan questions that you might have. But during the NFL draft, when the Lions, with their first pick, drafted a running back, I immediately made the point of, there's a problem for DeAndre Swift here. Because they didn't really like him that much last year. That that became pretty clear as the no. season went on. They just signed a three-year me- three deal with David Montgomery, which means he's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. And now you just spent your first round pick drafting a running back who you probably could have gotten the second round, if we're being honest. Um, but you put all that draft capital into him. So he's not going anywhere, obviously. So that leaves DeAndre Swift as the odd man out. 
And so I speculated as soon as that draft pick was made, where is he going to go? And my number one landing spot for him was the Eagles because they did not get Bijan Robinson, who went a pick before them in the draft. And right. what do you know? DeAndre Swift <laughs> traded to the Eagles the next day for yeah. a couple of pick swaps that were really nothing. Like they swapped late round picks in the 2023 draft and basically gave got DeAndre Swift for a 2024 fourth round pick, which so is a fourth round pick and moving up a couple slots. It's really yeah, like they didn't really give up. I mean, sorry, Any, anything. Yeah, they didn't really give up a couple slots. Yeah anything really and i'm not 100 sure on the details but i think even if there, there was something in there in regards to that pick that they gave up that it could become even like less of a pick if they move on from deandre swift or like mm-hmm. there were some conditions on it there's a condition in it yeah so even if they like even if swift doesn't work out it's still going to cost them very little but if it pays off then they got him for pretty much dirt cheap so it was a great move by the Eagles, and I saw it coming a mile away the day before. So I know what I'm talking about. And like a couple weeks in a row, I've had maybe my best episodes ever. Like I've been knocking out of the park on this podcast. So to me, it's just about time that you pulled your weight. Like I felt, I also felt very good for you because I thought, great, like finally you're starting to pull your raid around here and having like some good takes. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, about time. That, yeah, I thought that that was good. I mean, I, one of the things I will say is that was like, that could be a sneaky good move. You look at later being like, this was a game changer. Cause I know the, the lions kind of moved on from him, but he's such a, he was a talent. He was, he was, he, a he is a very talented back. back. Yeah. He, ha- he so, struggled to stay on the field. And I right. think that kind of soured things with the Lions because he was good when they had him, but they didn't have him that often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I think at the end of the day, they added a big piece to an already really good offense. And as we've talked about, and as we know, a strong running game really impacts your offense and can, can really affect everything. So this, yeah, they didn't give up much. So if it's a risk and if he doesn't, work out well guess what you didn't give up much so at the end of the day like you know no risk no huge issue um but it could turn out really good because he is still a talented back and in fantasy he was a good point getter for a while there like he i had him you know um he was uh he's he's had some good years so i i look forward to seeing what he does in philadelphia um but i i thought it was very I agree with you. I thought it was very good of the Eagles to give up very, very little. Like it's not even taking much of a risk, which is great. Yep. Uh, And there was a record amount of trades that occurred during the NFL draft. It did seem uh, like a lot. Yeah, which we'll we'll talk about because today's episode, as I'm sure you could guess, is focused on breaking down uh, and reacting to the NFL draft. Um. There are a few teams that I really want to highlight some of the moves that they made because they're very. I thought they were very smart. Um, some teams made some questionable choices with their picks. Um, but Mike, unless there's anything else that you want to talk about, we can uh, move on and start looking at the draft picks. Yeah, let's do it. And I agree with you. I think there's a couple moves and trades we want to discuss in there, but let's do it. Let's dive into the draft and see where it goes. All right. Well, with the... Uh, First pick of the 2023 draft, the Carolina Panthers 
drafted a quarterback, which surprised absolutely nobody. And it was Bryce Young, which also I think didn't really surprising. Yeah. <laughs> aside from like that weird, uh, that weird uh, Levis, uh, Will Levis um, rumor that started floating around like the week of the mm-hmm. draft that he was going to go number one. Aside from that, yeah, everybody was pretty locked in that it was going to be Bryce Young. No surprise there. They needed a quarterback. Let's see what uh, what Carolina can do. I guess the only real discussion, like I'd heard that rumor too, but the only real discussion was like maybe CJ Stroud. But I think Bryce Young, like just it became so evident that that he was going to go number one to the Panthers. Like that that was their choice. So yeah. I when that happened, it was like okay, <laughs> like yeah. I would have been like slightly surprised by CJ Stroud, but still not like shocked. But if it had been Levis, I would have been like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're off, I, we're off to a crazy start. <laughs> Yeah, the amount of people who would have lost so much money. Oh, yeah. The betting, yeah. It would have been terrible. Definitely. Would have been terrible. Um, At number two in the draft, the Texans drafted a quarterback as well in C.J. Stroud. So Davis Mills, maybe he'll start the season, and then they'll work Stroud in. Maybe they'll just go straight to Stroud. I guess we'll kind of get more clarity in that when it comes to the the preseason games and kind of see what, yeah. what they're rolling out there for the offense. Not surprising in the sense that we know they need to do something about their quarterback. Cause I just, I mean, I just don't think Mills is, is working. He's, out yeah. He's not the answer long-term. <laughs> no, I, but, I just but wasn't I, sure if they were going to wait a year and just like, yes, coast and then go for one next year. But I guess yes. if they really like CJ Stroud, then you might not have that opportunity next year. Right. So, and, and we kind of talked about that and I filled out a, um, a mock draft just, I don't know. I like doing that and, I I had heard and I had believed that they were they were taking Will Anderson number two. So when when initially that didn't happen, when it was CJ Stroud, I went, oh, like that is a like good for them. That's what they need, but that is a bit of a shock because I had heard that they were really you know going for for Will Will Anderson. Well, what do you know? They traded for the third round. Yes. <laughs> for yes, the third I pick. And, <laughs> and the chaos began. Like pick and the one chaos and two. began. Oh, Kind of interesting, but like, whatever. These are two top prospects. We've heard their names a lot, whatever. But then pick three, <laughs> the chaos begins. <laughs> so the Texans made a large trade with the Cardinals. So they ended up giving away the 12th pick, the 33rd pick, and a 2024 first round pick and a 2024 third round pick in exchange for the third overall pick from the Cardinals in this year's draft, as well as the 105th pick. Mm-hmm. Um, now it should be noted the Texans do have two first round picks in the 2024 draft. Now they have one. Um, but I think that the one that they traded away was their own because they had one own. that they got from Cleveland as well. Mm-hmm. And depending on how they do this year, that could be a very expensive trade. That could be a great pick. Like that could be a really for the good, Cardinals. Really, yeah. Yeah. For the Cardinals. That's what I meant. Yeah. For the Cardinals. That like, that could be a really good pick for them. Yeah, because if if the Texans, for whatever, because obviously they're still in the middle of a rebuild, so yeah. if they finish poorly, that's going to be a very high draft pick. Whereas if they had traded the Cleveland one, I think we can pretty much assume Cleveland will at worst be middle of the the pack. So they would have been a middle yes. of the first pick. Yes, I mean they Cleveland's does have its problems, but I think at worst, the, yeah, middle middle of the pack. 
Yeah, like, um, I, I don't see Cleveland finishing at the bottom of the league, whereas that's still a possibility with the Texans. Oh, absolutely. And e- even after this, it is. But I think I think I, I can't remember if I said this to you or not. Um, I said it in my head. But when this happened, I, like to me, the, the, the Texans become less of a joke after today. Like they, we had talked about them multiple times being like, this is a franchise I wouldn't want to take over because they don't seem to have like a direction as to what they're doing. And they, they don't have much beyond like a handful of players. They added a huge, like a quarterback, which is key. They've got a young running back, which is, who is excellent. And now they just added like a really good piece to a defense that hasn't been half bad here and there. Like, you know, young defense, but has done a few things and has, you know, some, some sparks, some moments. Not a great defense, but can have moments. They, to me, they're they're less of a joke after today, and and that's that's pretty good. So I think even though they were giving up a lot, they're probably figuring like we're going to be a bit better um, than last year with this, um, assuming everyone works out. For all we know, they don't. But I, good on them for for making some like bold moves and becoming a franchise again. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you do have to. You do have to swing for the fences a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, but you have to be careful with it, with what you're giving away because, like I said, that first-round pick next year could be very valuable. And if this is a multi-year rebuild, which it typically tends to be, that could have been a lot more helpful for the team. But they wanted Will Anderson. Hopefully, uh, yeah. he pays, hopefully he pays off and it's worth it. And then you know they can at least say, hey, we got our guy. If it goes poorly... This is where general managers lose their job. It's over deals like this. So you're right. It's a swing. But to me, to me, it would be a worthwhile swing. I I would have also made that deal. Not that, you know, the Texans need my uh, seal of approval here. But if they <laughs> if they're interested in it, they have it. Yeah. And I kind of want to talk about the Cardinals because I was very impressed about how because this is their first draft with their new general manager. Mm-hmm. And the moves that he made, because I think they've accepted, okay, we're in a rebuild now too, even though yeah. we're two years off of an almost undefeated season. Um, they made a lot of moves to secure a lot of draft picks for next year's draft and still mm-hmm. had some good draft capital for this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they probably could have gone without trading back up into the top 10 to get Paris Johnson, um, but... I mean, they, they did it. They still have a lot of picks left over for next year, so I can't really fault them too much. But I, I just I think they probably could have done without that. But it is what it is. Um, with pick number four, the Colts drafted a quarterback, which we fully expected as well, and it's Anthony Richardson. He's gotten a lot of buzz in terms of fantasy because he is a bit of a running, like he's a, a running quarterback. He's built very athletic. He's big, strong, um, probably going to be looking to be like a Justin Fields, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts type of quarterback. Um, that could be game changing for the Colts offense because that they're they've been dead in the water with like Matt Ryan and Carson Wentz. Right. Um, be interesting to see how it impacts Jonathan Taylor. I imagine if you have to respect the running game from a quarterback, it'll open up a lot more for Jonathan Taylor and they should be able to lean on him. Yeah. Yeah. As long as he stays healthy. I mean, you know, he wasn't healthy last year. 
Um, I think he'd be looking to have a Saquon Barkley kind of come back after being not healthy and having a great year. So a quarterback can help with that. A young quarterback, though, like the Colts, like you're saying, they're rebuilding too, and it might be a while for them. Um, it seems to me like Richardson is not spoken quite as highly of as Young and Stroud. So how impactful he'll be right away? It's a good question. Yeah, I think all three of them have the potential to do quite well, especially in terms of fantasy with the positions or with the uh, opportunities that they're walking into. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how they pan out. Uh, with the fifth pick in the draft, the Seahawks drafted Devin Witherspoon, cornerback. So they decided, hey, we're set on offense so far. Let's try to get the Legion of Boom going again. Can't really fault them for that pick. They've got a strong running game. They liked what they saw with Geno Smith. They've got a great wide receiver core. And they're not really a team that's ever had like a a standout all-star tight end. They kind of get by without one. So Mm -hmm. completely understand. Yeah, let's work on getting the defense back because that helped carry them to the Super Bowl. So fully, uh, fully okay with that pick. Uh, the Cardinals traded with the Detroit Lions to come back up into the 10th round. Like we said, they drafted Paris Johnson, uh, offensive tackle. So just looking to try to protect their quarterback. Uh, we talked about that throughout the season, how Kyler Murray just it was like listening to circus music and he's just running around trying to stay alive. Yeah. So I, I can understand if they thought maybe if if Paris Johnson was like, OK, this is the guy we absolutely want. And they were a little worried they couldn't get him. I, I get it, I guess. Um if, if he's the guy that you think gives you the best chance of protecting your quarterback, then yeah, go out and get him. Cause that was a huge part of why your offense struggled. But I think that they could have still got in the uh, 12th pick area. I think they still could have gotten an offensive lineman. That would have been fine. But again, yeah. like I said, I'm still okay with, with what they did. Yeah. I think overall it was great for them. It could have been also their feeling that like, okay, the lions were more of a willing trade target to drop back. Like sometimes, you know, they, they might they might have felt because I think two other alignment were taken. They might have just felt like this is their guy. We want this guy. We know a couple other teams are taking him, so we got to move up high enough that we can get the person we really want. So it's probably what happened. Yeah, two two others went before the Lions drafted. So yeah, it's possible. Yeah, they knew if they waited, they weren't going to get Paris Johnson, or maybe that's who they had their sights set on. So if that's the case, then fair enough. They still got a haul out of it anyway, so I'm good with it. Um, at pick number seven, the Raiders drafted Tyree Wilson, edge rusher. Uh, hadn't you guessed that they were going to trade up for the Cardinals pick for Will Anderson? Wasn't that your yeah, prediction? that was my prediction. Um, okay. Thinking so, that they were going to go edge. Um, so you did get the position the right. I did get the position right, and the reason why I picked the Raiders Raiders is because I just, I, again, I never thought the Texans would pull that off, but because I just thought, oh, it's a, an easy move back for the Cardinals. They still probably get what they want out of it. Um, and, you know, they can, you know, the, the, the Raiders can use it. So, yeah, I was right on the position, wrong on the player. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see because because they already have a very good uh, edge rusher in Crosby. So I'm kind of interested to see how it uh, how it plays out. You know, like, will it be worth it? Because, no, like, if, if they can have two amazing uh, 
edge rushers, then that's going to be terrible for opposing quarterbacks to go up against. And it could be like everybody struggles against them and then they dominate yeah. because of that. I think that's what they want. <laughs> I think that's but, their plan. <laughs> but if it doesn't pan out, like you already yeah. had a good one, you already have a yeah. good one in Max Crosby. And then you just wasted your first round pick on something on a position that you already have a star at. You know what I mean? Um, I think maybe they they could have gone for other spots in their defense and then kind of I don't know uh, equalize the the strength across the defense as a whole rather than just the defensive line. But mm-hmm. that's something I'm going to have to wait and see how it pans out because if him and Crosby do excellent together, then absolutely great move because you just shut down opposing quarterbacks but again like like we talked about that's like those those swings yes and i assume that's that's what they're thinking and yes it could go the wrong way but i assume that that's their thought and the raiders i think they want to have a shutdown hard to play against defense give you different looks and by having two of them that you know which one do you cover and it becomes you know can become a huge issue for opposing quarterbacks so i think the raiders just figure like we're trying to make big changes here. Like they've got, they've made such a big change at quarterback from just the style and type of quarterback that they're bringing in. That I think they're just like, we got to, we got to swing for this. And they probably just felt every other position available. That's kind of why I thought they were going to pick an edge. Cause I'm like, okay, that I don't, I just don't think, I just don't see them picking anything else particularly that high. So that's why I thought, Oh, they'll go after Will Anderson. The Cardinals will easily drop back to seven. The, the price to pay won't be massive because the Cardinals will still get something. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, my mock draft went uh, out of sorts by this point. Yeah. <laughs> by, it was, it was gone by then. Yeah. yeah. By pick three, I was done. <laughs> yeah. um, with pick number eight, the Falcons drafted the first running back off the board and Bijan Robinson. That so was interesting to me for, for fantasy dynamite pick Bijan Robinson is going to do amazing things for fantasy. For the NFL, like real life, does not make much sense because you just had Tyler Algier set the franchise rookie rushing record for you. You have a lot of other problems on the team. I feel like he probably could have looked to address some of those, like including that quarterback. Yeah, now they have two top running backs. Okay, I get that. I get that teams are moving into a scenario where they want to be able to have two running backs they can rely on for injury, for different looks. Like, I get that. And some teams are very successful. But you like just what you just said. You had a record-setting rookie year out of a running back, and you go out and get another one. <laughs> like, yeah, I, and I, I'm sure it comes down to we're just drafting drafting the best guy available. And um, they probably figure the next best quarterback is not worth it at this. At yeah, this or or wide receiver or or, wide or receiver. what have you. Yeah. Um, but and I'm gonna have the same criticism when we get down to the Lions pick. Um, I just don't think that it was worth it for the Falcons. I, th- but for fantasy, very excited because that is a great opportunity for him, and he that was probably one of the best spots he could have landed in terms of fantasy football. But for real life football, not a great move for the Falcons, unfortunately. No. no. Uh, at number nine, the Eagles and the Bears did a pick swap uh, for picks nine and ten. So the Eagles jumped forward one, and they drafted Jalen Carter, defensive tackle. Uh, the Eagles are pretty set on offense on all positions. So they're just further beefing up that already impressive defense, making it even more scary. Fully okay with that pick. Mm-hmm. 
the Bears with the 10th pick drafted Darnell Wright, offensive tackle. Um, I spoke about this at length through the season and in the offseason. They need to do something to help protect Justin Fields. And I was very happy to see that their first round pick was beefing up that offensive line. Yep. Uh, and then at pick number 11, the Titans drafted Peter Skaronsky, uh, offensive tackle slash offensive guard. Same thing. They need help on the offensive line. Derrick Henry can only do so much, and teams know that. They don't really have anybody great at the uh, quarterback position, so they're just stuffing the box. So Derrick Henry needs all the help he can get to let them have even a remotely functional offense. So now we get to the Lions pick at number 12, and they drafted... You said you have some feelings on this. (laughs) I do, yeah. They drafted Jameer Gibbs... Uh, running back who I think will probably be a great running back for the NFL, but I think you probably could have waited and got him in the second round because not another running back went in the first round. So nobody else was aiming for a running back in the first round. You could have waited. They had the third pick in the second round. They could have easily taken him there and got somebody better there. Well, I guess I shouldn't say better. They could have filled another need for their team with the 12th overall pick. Right. Um, especially where they have DeAndre Swift and had just signed David Montgomery. So even just the fact that they took a running back still doesn't quite make sense to me. But that's what they decided to do. I don't love that pick for them. I think that they could have done a much better pick in the first round and then still gotten Gibbs if they really wanted to in the second round. But I'm not Dan Campbell. I'm not the uh, Lions GM. So Yeah, it, I, I mean, they just must figure... We like this guy better. We probably can find a trade spot for Swift. Well, I do that. I read a report that basically their justification was he was like our highest ranked guy that was still on the board. So we just went with him. I was like, you you couldn't have looked closer at the board. (laughs) Like, who who was the second highest guy? Would he have also helped fill a position in your your team? You know. Well, and that's the thing. Like when when this pick was made, I thought the last thing the Lions need is a running back. Like, that was my thought. So I I had the same thought. I mean, then when they made the trade the next day, I'm like, oh, okay, they were going to move on from and get other and get other assets. But yeah, I mean, even the next couple of picks, you would think, oh, sure up your offensive line, right? And an offensive tackle is taken two picks later. Um, Add to, uh, you know, a defense that had a great year, but add to it, you know, add add a piece that, that can help. There's someone named Jack Campbell. Uh, you know, who ends up getting selected, I think by the Lions, actually, um, yep. much later. So, you know, I just, it, it was interesting that they that they chose to go rooted running back. Obviously, they felt, we like this guy. We think he can, he can add to the running backs we have, and we know we can move Swift. I just think the haul they got back for Swift was not, was not much. So it, nope. it would have made more sense if they got something in the Swift deal where I'm like, oh, you got a good piece there instead of drafting. Yeah, I, I really hated the Lions draft. I'm just going to get that out of the way right now. I think they did. I think it was very poorly managed. I'm not um, a big fan of the Lions management. Like not, I don't know those people. This isn't an Aaron Rodgers thing. This is more, I don't think they're, they make the same, the decisions and think the same way I do. So I have a hard time connecting with, with their, their whole management team. That's fair. Uh, pick number 13, the Packers drafted Lucas Van Ness, uh, edge rusher. 
Uh, the Steelers with the number 14 pick, they made a swap with the Patriots. They took Broderick Jones, offensive tackle. Uh, I'm thinking they just were getting a little worried about not being able to maybe get their guy or get one of the last few like elite offensive tackles that they had drafted or projected. So that's what prompted that. And yep. the Patriots have no problem drafting or going backwards in the draft because they always nope, look for the best value. The yeah, all every time. year. That's a Bel- yeah. Bill Belichick special. Um, at number 15, the Jets drafted Will McDonald, the fourth, as this an edge rusher. This is the pick they got in the trade. Right back? This is the pick they got in the trade back with the Packers? Because they switched right before. This was the Aaron Rodgers deal. I thought they swapped... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The yeah, Packers yep. moved up to 13 yep. and the Jets moved back to 15. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I was looking at my notes there and I, I read the wrong name. Um, yep, you're correct. So work on improving that defense a bit more. I, I guess they've spent all offseason improving their offense, so didn't really feel the need to use it in the draft. Um, I mean, if you're going to have depth anywhere, you probably want more defensive depth because there seems to always be multiple injuries a game on defense it just seems to always happen so i think they just figure let's let's shore up some depth let's add some talent on d because you know we've got a lot we've done a lot of work on offense like you say yeah yeah they're just putting all their eggs in the the nipples basket so we'll see how it works out uh number 16 the commanders drafted emmanuel forbes as a db i proven on their defense which was only a few years ago pretty elite so now they're trying to get back to that. Uh, and the Patriots with the 17th pick uh, that they got from the Steelers, they drafted Christian Gonzalez as a defensive back. This was highly uh, approved of in, in the NFL world because I think Christian Gonzalez was one of the higher ranked defensive backs and yet a few had gone before him. Mm-hmm. And Bill Belichick was able to get him late in the draft after moving backwards. Uh, so he he got a lot of praise for that move, and the Patriots' defense is always a scary one to go up against. So uh, I'm I'm well, I'm a Patriots fan, so obviously I'm a little biased, but I'm looking forward to seeing how that plays for them, especially with everything with like the Mac Jones controversy and everything. If if they're gonna move on for him or not, so it looks like they're they're willing to uh, roll the dice with Mac Jones for another year. And the Patriots defense is going to be as scary as ever. So now we get to the Lions at pick 18. And they drafted a <laughs> linebacker in Jack, Jack Campbell. <laughs> that could have absolutely been their second round pick. And even then, like third pick in the second round, that still would have been pretty early, I think, for a, a linebacker. But at least I could understand it. I don't really understand it in the first round. Yeah, I, I don't like that pick again. Like I said, I, I don't like how the Lions did their draft this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard. It's honestly hard to get around what they were thinking there. Um, but I mean, th- listen, this is a team that has a lot of confidence in that offense. So yeah. I feel like they figure they're like, oh, we're just going to add to our defense. Like it just seems like that's what they were doing to me um, because they just felt like, oh, well, you know, we, we like our offense. We might add some depth later, but we, you know, in the first round. Let's let's add pieces to our defense. Nope, don't like it. <laughs> yeah, no, neither do I. They, they, picked a, they picked a running back and a linebacker. Those, aren't those the two things they didn't need? They definitely yeah. didn't need the running back. I can't I can't say off the top of my head about a linebacker, but it was too early. 
Yeah. Um, the Buccaneers have picked 19, drafted Kalijah Kansi. I hope I said that right. Uh, defensive tackle. Kind of surprised they didn't try to move forward and maybe grab an offensive tackle based on how this past season went uh, with injuries and people leaving. But uh, I don't know. Just try to shore up their defense, I suppose. At number 20, the Seahawks drafted the first wide receiver off the board with Jackson Smith and Jigba. Mm-hmm. I think this was great for Geno Smith's fantasy value. Yeah. I don't think it was very good for Jackson Smith and Jigba's fantasy value because he's got to compete he's, with DK yeah. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett now. It's a crowded backfield. I mean, he'll, you know, he'll get he'll get some opportunities, but it's a crowded receiving core, definitely. It is. I think it'll pay off for him in the long run, but for like an immediate like in redraft formats, I don't think he's going to have that much of an impact this year, unfortunately. It'll probably have to be when Tyler Lockett moves on or and or DK Metcalf moves on, and then he can take over. Yeah. Uh, at 21, the Chargers drafted Quinton Johnston, who is basically like the same person as Mike Williams in terms of his NFL talent, size, and ability. So that's kind of interesting because you already have the big guy who goes downfield and goes for those jump balls, but now they drafted another one. Interesting choice, but try to get Justin Herbert, I guess, some more weapons to throw the ball to yeah. and... Uh, yeah, take some of the pressure off Austin Eckler, I guess. Uh, so the Ravens at number 22 drafted Zay Flowers to help improve the wide receiving core for Lamar Jackson. So I think this is a great pick for the Ravens. Yep, I, I agree. I think it was very good. They've been uh, trying to do everything that they could to build around Lamar Jackson, give him as much weapons as possible, try to get them back as a, uh, a playoff and Super Bowl contender, which they, they very well could be. They have the ability to do it, so... They do. Hopefully for Zay Flowers, it works out. Uh, At number 23, the Vikings drafted Jordan Addison, another wide receiver. He's obviously going to be falling behind Justin Jefferson in the pecking order. It could work out well for him because defenses have to uh, respect Jefferson. And And Thielen's uh, moved on. Thielen's moved on. So as long as he can, uh, yeah, as long as he can put himself above TJ Hawkinson, then he should be. Good to go because Jefferson and Thielen coexisted together. Obviously, mm-hmm. obviously with Thielen, it went downhill because he's getting older. Uh, yeah. He's he's been in the NFL for a while, but it, Jordan Addison should be able to make a mark at least that way. Yeah, I think it's a good pick for the Vikings, and I think that's one that could see some fantasy value for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at twenty four, the Giants with a, a trade to the Jaguars got the 24th pick. So they drafted Deontay Banks at cornerback, try to just shore up the defensive side of the ball after uh, retaining most of their offense this year. Uh, the Bills decided to play a little sneaky sneak on the Cowboys and jump ahead of them in a trade with the Jaguars so that they could draft mm-hmm. Dalton Kincaid at tight end. Uh, I'm interested to see how that works out with Dalton Knox because uh, I think they're going to be fighting for each other. I'm interested to see who comes out as like the tight end one for the team, because that is a valuable position with a Josh Allen offense. Um, so at 26, the Cowboys then had to switch gears and drafted Mozzie Smith at defensive tackle. Another great addition to an already very strong defense. Um, uh, the, the Patriots, the Cowboys, and the Eagles all did a great job improving their defenses in the opening round of this draft. And I, I was very impressed with, with that because well, they all I mean, have the Cowboys. The Cowboys wanted the tight end and then they had to like quickly 
<laughs> yeah, and and I think that was a very I think that was a great pivot for them because oh, they didn't was, yeah. they didn't get the tight end that they wanted, but they okay they said you know what we still have a very strong offense. Let's make our defense even better. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think I think they needed that tight end, but you know what? It is what it is. The Bills made a smart football move. Um, at twenty seven, the Jaguars drafted Anton Harrison at offensive tackle, try to help Trevor Lawrence out a little bit, give him some extra help. At 28, the Bengals drafted Miles Murphy, a defensive end, try to just work on the defensive side of the ball because we've seen the Bengals offense is just lights out, not really much to improve on there. It would have been very interesting if they drafted a running back at some point, though. Yeah. Um, if they traded up and grabbed one, that would have been interesting with all the Joe Mixon drama that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Saints at 29 drafted Brian Breesey. I think that's how he says his name. Uh, defensive end uh, slash defensive tackle working on the defensive side of the ball. Kind of interesting with their quarterback situation and the whole Alvin Kamara legal situation that they went defensive instead of offensive. But when you're drafting that late in the draft, probably all their, their guys they would have gone for were gone already. So it is what it is. I'm kind of surprised they couldn't make a move up to try to improve their offense a little bit. Uh, at number 30, the Eagles drafted Nolan Smith, edge rusher, just further improving their defense. Like I said, very impressed with the Eagles draft, especially in the first round. And the Chiefs rounded out the end of the first round with uh, Felix Anudike Uzama, an edge rusher as well. Same same thing as the Eagles. Their offense is already locked and loaded. No need to waste a draft pick on it. So that was the first round of the NFL draft for 2023 and our reactions to it um really quickly before you wrap up i think the biggest one of like a big surprise was will levis dropping out of the first round but then getting picked up early in the second by the titans that's interesting because they now have three quarterbacks that like you know two young guys and obviously tan hills nearing the end of his career but it's just interesting to think about that i just want to throw that in there yeah, I, I spoke about it on Twitter. Like, I, I wasn't that surprised. After probably the fifth pick, I kind of expected he wasn't going to go in the first round. Yeah, um, running out of people who need a quarterback. Yeah, and the all the other guys who went ahead of him, no real controversy there. So as soon mm-hmm. as about pick five, pick six, I kind of expected he was not getting drafted in the first round. And yeah. I, I always feel bad for the players in that position, you know, like, they're in the green screen or green room. The camera's always on them. And like, you just got to yep. sit there and <laughs> hate your life for the rest of the night. Yeah. Be really but, tough. Yeah. So sucks that he had to go through that with all the, the hype that got built up around him, but he got picked up early in the second round. So he's, he has a chance to uh, take over for the Titans. Cause Malik Willis, as we talked about in our rookie review, he did nothing last year. Ryan Tannehill's fading away into the sunset slowly. So the opportunity is there for him if he can seize it. Definitely. Uh, But that's going to be it for us this week. Uh, Like I said, reach out to us on social media. Go to www.conqueredraft.com. You can go to our podcast page. If you have any fan questions, you can fill out the form there. Or you can email us directly at contact.conqueredraft.com. We love to hear from you. Uh, Please let us know if you have any other questions about the NFL draft that you want to get our reaction to, anything in the later rounds. And uh, you'll hear from us next week. Stay safe. Take care.